today. I want to welcome you. If you are new to our church, um, this is your first time. Congratulations, you hit the jackpot. <laughs> no, this is an awesome time to visit because we want you to see how we feel about our children engaging in ministry and all that they're doing for the Lord. Um, we are excited about what God is doing. This church is multi-generational, and that is on purpose. A healthy church should be a multi-generational church. And these children are serving and being the church today. We're not waiting until they're 18, 25 to let them start serving. We want them to serve now. And I think they did an awesome, awesome job. Can we give them a hand? They were greeting, they were um, worshiping, they did offering. They, this morning I took pictures. There were kids in here 45 minutes before church started filling these pews with offering. And they were just smiling and excited and um, it was amazing. So welcome if it's your first time. Please come and, come and meet me and Pastor Rob after church. We'd love to meet you. Fill out the connection card you got in your gift bag. If you didn't get a gift bag, that is a crime. Come and see me and you'll get two gift bags because you're going to want what's in there. Um, and we want you to have it. We want to bless you with that. Um, I want to say thank you again to all the volunteers that worked in our service um, every Sunday for the past year. We had a special dinner this week for those volunteers. There were over 100 volunteers there. Let me tell you, if you're not volunteering, you need to be. You can do once a month. You can do a half hour a month. Why I'm saying that? Because you're missing out. You're missing out on the bonding, on the teamwork, on the fun, on the synergy, on the energy. When you come in here and prepare for a service like this, everyone that was here was just so they were vibrating in excitement because we, they were here when we were getting it all together. We don't want you to miss that. We want you to be a part of the family. And if you're new, you can also um, come to Grow Together. That's starting next week. If you haven't been through Grow Together and this is becoming your church, you need to do that. It plugs you in. It tells you who we are, our vision, where we're going. We learn a little bit about you. So sign up for that online or email the church office. Um, and we will go from there. So here's what I need. Today, I'm very excited to be with our children. I am going to be going up on the stage, so I don't want to scare the Facebook Live people half to death. Um, but I don't want to tell anybody else, but I'm going to whisper to you guys. You're my favorite. Don't tell other people. No, don't you dare. I'm so excited to be with you. So here's the deal. You're probably feeling tired after that slow song, aren't you? Are you feeling tired? You better not be, because I need your help today. Are you guys ready to help encourage and embrace the young people this morning, get them involved in our sermon? Okay, so we're going to do an old-fashioned exercise. This isn't in my notes. Get up. This will help you get ready. You ready? Get up. Who remembers this song, James Ray? You got to remember this song, Rodney, some of my peeps out there from Children's Church. When we were feeling a little tired, Sue Pike would make us get up and do this number. You guys ever heard this? 
Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Okay, get ready, because that seems simple, but that's because you don't know how fast I'm going to go. Get up. Get up. You got Adults, get up. Let's do it. Let's get ready. Get the blood flowing. Woo! Get that blood flowing for the word. You aren't tired? You don't know tired. Unless you got like six, seven kids, Sister Nip can be tired. Nobody else in here can be tired. We ready? I'm going to start slow. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Get a breath. Ready? I'm going to need a couple waters from the cooler, rushers. Here we go. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Whew. Oh, we're not done. Are you guys crazy? Woo, get a good breath, Anna Lee. Suck it in from deep. Ready? Chodos, knees and toes, knees and toes. Chodos, knees and toes, knees and toes. Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders. Knees and toes, knees and toes. Good job. Woo. I'm old. I'm hot. Hot flash. All right, Pastor Bob. There you go. Have fun. Okay. Now, last night I told Brooklyn and Ella, and well, in front of Brooklyn and Ella, I told Liam's girlfriend, I said, I hope you'll be at church tomorrow because there's a really good speaker. And Ella goes, oh, are you talking instead of dad? <laughs> I said, thank you. Thank you. For your words of encouragement. So I had to, I had to show them up with a little fun today. All right, during the month of October, we've been talking about a verse in Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. The great commission that's found in Matthew is also reworded here. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature or every person. God has commanded us to go. Children, what is the opposite of go? Stop. Or if grow is a directional thing, then it would mean to stay, right? God has not called us to sit and stay. He's called us to go. It says preach the gospel. Do you know what preach means? It doesn't mean to stand behind a pulpit. Preach means to make something known. It means to make something public. And then God said, do this to everyone. Everyone means what, guys? Everyone. This month, we've been talking about the different needs that different individuals face and how we can help them. Today, I'm going to share a story about an individual who has a very scary problem. So our verse is found in Luke 5, 12 through 13. 
And I know our kids this morning, some of them are taking sermon notes. So, if any of you want Jesus was in one of the towns. A man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Does any one of my children know what leprosy is? Do any students? Caleb. It's a skin disease. Very good. Anybody else know anything else about leprosy? All right. Leprosy is a disease of the skin. Caleb, you get 100%. Someone who had leprosy could get very painful sores, and they could also have large bumps all over their skin. The disease could be contagious, and if you had the disease in Bible times, you were not allowed to be around other people. So this disease caused a lot of shame, a lot of pain, and made people feel very lonely and isolated. People were afraid of lepers because they didn't want to become a leper too. So lepers were forced to leave their homes. They had to live in groups together. Often they would live in garbage dumps or they would live in other unsanitary places that other people might generally stay away from. Could you imagine, guys, getting sick and no one wanting to be around you? How would this make you feel? How would you guys feel if that happened to you? Anna Lee. Sad. E.B. Mm. It's not a good feeling, is it? That's not a good feeling for no one to want to be around you. There's all kinds of sicknesses. Some you can see and some you can't see. Once a person was identified as a leper, it didn't matter if they had sores on their body or they didn't. They wouldn't be accepted from then on. They were labeled. People were repulsed by the way they looked and probably by the way they smelled because where did they live sometimes? On the garbage dump. No one wanted to be around lepers, and it was against the law to even touch them. Imagine how it would feel, how it didn't want to touch you because of a sickness that you had. How would it feel if you couldn't receive a hug or a kiss or just someone put their arm around you or hold your hand or touch you? How would that make you feel? One of my favorite things to do is to hug you guys, right? I love to hug you when I see you and let you know how much I love you. And that would make me sad if I couldn't do that with you. Leprosy is something very rare now, something uh, we don't really have to deal with. So in order for you children and you youth to understand and kind of uh, compare maybe something you might recognize, I would like to show you something very similar that we can use. Can I have that slide? Does anyone know what this is? The cheese touch. Yes, that's right. The dreaded cheese touch. Does anyone want to come up and explain what the cheese touch was? Come on up. Come here. Because some of these old people, like Pastor Bob, might not know. 
So it's where if you get tagged and you don't have your fingers crossed, you have the cheese touch. But if you have your fingers crossed, you don't get the cheese touch. So who had the cheese touch to start? Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Okay, good. In Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Greg. Yes, I'm sorry. They were trying to tell me use proper nouns here. Greg. There is a slice of moldy cheese in the children's playground at the school. And it is widely known by most students, you do not touch the moldy cheese, right? But some kids come to the school newer or they just get a little beside themselves and forget and touch the cheese. If you saw another student touch the cheese, you screamed, he has the cheese touch. From that point on, no one goes near that student. Cheese touch is said to be, and I quote, worse than nuclear cooties. <laughs> yes. Anyone who touched the boy would have the cheese touch too. So what did the entire school do? <laughs> I know, this is girls. You, it doesn't matter. They're going to talk. Okay. <laughs> Learn your lesson. You raised your hand. She's got it. She just said it. <laughs> They're going to do what? Give me the slide. They're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to scream, right? Yeah, the person has the cheese touch. They're going to run. No one would sit by them, walk by them, or include them in anything. I know this is kind of a silly example because the cheese touch is not a real thing. But it, it is. Yeah, it is. Adults, hey, I don't want them to get scared tonight, so it's not real. Okay? We can sometimes act like the students in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. We can treat people like they have the cheese touch. We can gang up on people that seem a little weird. We can avoid certain people and refuse to include them in a game. We can accidentally not invite them to the party. That's hurtful, isn't it? Because something about them grosses us out. Even worse, sometimes we might actually like someone, but pretend we don't because of what our friends might think. Have we ever done that? I'm not talking to the kids. Right? How many accidental non-invitations have happened among us? That's right. Lepers in the Bible faced an even worse problem. It wasn't just that other people didn't want to be around them. It was against the law for lepers to attend social events. There were two reasons. One, so people didn't get sick because leprosy was contagious, so you didn't want to catch it. But two, because lepers were often deformed because of their disease. And this might scare people because they looked different. So a law was enacted that they would just stay away as to not scare everyone else. This reminds me of a real-life story that was inspired by a Hollywood film. 
How many of you have seen this book or movie? Right, this is wonder. This is the story of a boy named Augie who was born with deformity. And he had many, many, many surgeries just to be able to look like this. He was macked and he was made fun of because of the way he looked. And just like the leper, Augie was robbed of the opportunity for people to get to know him for who he really was. All they knew about him was how he looked. His parents kept him home from school because he had a lot of medical problems and they were afraid people were going to make fun of him. But Augie wanted to find out what it was like to be like the other kids and to go to school and to have friends. Many of the kids did make fun of him when he went, just like the parents thought they would. However, a couple of kids at school began to try to ignore the way Augie looked, and they tried to get to know him. They realized he was funny, adventurous, and smart, and he was an awesome friend. They started to forget about how he looked, and they started loving him because of who he was. Even though he looked different, he was a lot like them. They would have missed an amazing friendship if they had not gotten over their fear of what Augie looked like. God wants us to look at people the same way. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, God doesn't look at our outward appearance, but he looks at our heart. He looks inside. God doesn't want us looking at people and thinking what's different about them. He doesn't want us to be afraid of them if they're sick or ignore them because others make fun of them. He wants us to see how we are the same. We're all made in God's image, and we all need the same things. We need love. We need people to get to know us for who we are and not label us because of our sickness. Now, besides how the leper looked, let's talk about another reason people might have been afraid of the leper. You ready? In Bible times, if you were a leper, you had a responsibility to let everyone in the area know you were a leper. So they would stay far away from you. You had to give them a warning. So you would try to keep your sores covered up so that people wouldn't be able to see all those. And you would wear bells so people would hear you coming. And when you came into an area where there were other people, you would have to yell, unclean, unclean, stay away from me. I have leprosy, unclean. Right? I have someone who's going to help me a little bit. You ready, Pastor? I'm going to bring someone up here. Okay, here he comes. You don't have to go out. Come on back. <laughs> All right. Come on up first. All right, now, can you tell me who this is? Pastor Bob, are you afraid of Pastor Bob? You should be. Now, I'm glad you're not. We'll talk about that after church. This is Pastor Bob. He's going to go around the corner now, okay? And he is going to become my leper. 
This is what I say at home, unclean, unclean. <laughs> so we're bringing it to life, people. This is the real. Yeah, unclean. So Pastor Bob is going to come in, and he is going to play the leper as I tell you this story again in Luke that we read at the beginning, okay? Pastor Bob takes a long time to become the leper, people. I'm picking. <laughs> a leper with boots. Wonderful. Okay. Now, you will not be asked to be in the drama for Easter. Okay, so this is our leper now. And when the leper is in town, Jesus comes into town with his disciples. And Jesus starts walking with the disciples. And he sees the leper. And instead of turning away, Jesus starts walking toward the leper. But what should the leper say? Does Jesus stay away? Do you remember the story? What does he do? He keeps coming closer and closer to the leper. But the leper's thinking, what is this guy doing? Is this guy crazy? Doesn't he hear me screaming? Doesn't he hear my bells? Doesn't he know the law? The law says if you get close, you're going to be unclean too. Why do you think Jesus kept coming forward? Chase. Go ahead. What do you think, buddy? Chase. Cooper. Sorry. That's why you didn't answer because you're not Chase. <laughs> Pastor Bob made me say that. <laughs> Cooper. Bam, mic drop. Cooper said, because Jesus can make the man who doesn't feel good feel better. Amen, right? From the mouth of babes. Here's the thing. Jesus can make him feel better. And there's a reason Jesus is not afraid. He knew something someone else did not know. He knew something no one else knew. Just like you, he knew who was underneath the cover. Right. Why weren't you guys afraid of the leper? Because you know who he is. Right? You know who he is underneath there. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Let's give him a hand. Even though Pastor Bob came out and he put on a shroud and he put on bells and he yelled, stay away from me, you still weren't afraid because you knew the person underneath, what he looked like. Jesus knew that leper's name. It wasn't just a sick person. He knew his heart. He knew what the man needed. He wasn't afraid of the cloak or the robe that he used to cover up all the things he was trying to hide. Sometimes people will not physically put something on, 
but almost in the invisible, they will wear something over top of something else to hide. Sometimes people will put on a cloak to hide things like anger. Sometimes when people act like they're angry, what they really are is scared. We have a joke that runs still to this day when Pastor Bob was a youth pastor and we went white water rafting. And I'm not doing anything because I'm scared to death to even get in the boat. So me and Pastor Bob and a few other kids are in the boat and everybody starts heading down with the guides to the rapids. But you know what our boat did? We just went in circles in our raft. This was my raft. And Pastor Bob started getting scared because I don't know what I'm doing, and the kids in the boat don't know what they're doing, and we don't have a guide now. So he starts screaming at us as much as he can, and I start laughing. <laughs> and the kids panic because they don't know why Pastor Bob, who's so nice all the time, is, is yelling. I said, because he's scared. <laughs> That's what he does when he's scared. Sometimes people act angry, but they're really scared. Sometimes people can be mean to us, but what they're really trying to say is that they're hurting and they don't know how to express it. Often people will act cold and hateful, but that's really because they're dying to be loved. We have to be like Jesus. We have to look past the ugly things on the surface and look to someone's heart. As Jesus got closer and closer, the leper realized something was different about this man, Jesus. He wasn't afraid of what the leper looked like. He was coming closer and closer. And Jesus looked in his eyes. And when he did, the leper didn't look to the disciples that were around. He didn't look to the priest to say you're whole. He didn't look to a doctor to get help. He looked straight into Jesus' eyes. And he begs him with tears and desperation. The Bible says he implores him or he begs him, if you're willing, if you want to, could you make me clean? Could you heal me? Can I speak to the adults for just a minute? And kids, many of you are old enough to get this. But can we get the visual in a deeper way? There's a world full of people walking around in cloaks right now. They're clothed in anger. They're clothed in fear. They're clothed in frustration and bitterness and deception. The way they yell out and act is all pointing to this. Stay away. Don't come near me. I don't want your help. I don't need your Jesus. I don't want what you have. Their behavior is repulsive. It's offensive to us. We don't want to be around it. We want it off us, right? We don't want to catch it. We, it's contagious. It goes against everything in our flesh to respond in love. But we are supposed to be different. We are the light of the world. If we're not willing to get close enough to shine our light into their darkness and reveal what's really underneath, who will do that? That's right. And who does Jesus shine through? Us. 
We are supposed to reflect the light of Jesus to the world. The world is used to people responding to their get away from me with, okay, I'm out, right? You put your hands up, I offered, I'm out, I'm done. Fine, that's the way you want it, I'm going. But we have not been called to shrink back. We have not been called to use a bunch of excuses why we tried to go and the world didn't want it. So we just took it back with us. We have been called to go. I'm not going to lie to you. Go is going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly sometimes. Go is definitely going to come with some rejection. I offered to pray with someone in the mall one time, and she tore me a new one. I mean, I could not get out of there fast enough. I was like, just keep walking, just keep walking. Okay. So she didn't want prayer, and she's mad. Did I die? <gasps> no. It's my job to obey. Go might mean losing some friendships. Go might mean being mocked. Dare I say persecuted in the last of our days. But go is also going to include a beautiful opportunity to see hot tears of the lost falling in these altars. People who are looking for someone to continue walking forward in spite of their disease and get in their face and look in their eyeballs and say, I'm willing. They're going to fall on their face in the love of Jesus Christ. And we are going to experience that with them. They're so used to their behavior and countenance keeping everyone away, they're not expecting someone to draw closer and to look them in their eyes. We've been called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. What did Jesus do in that story in Luke? When the leper said, are you willing, what did Jesus say? Did he say yes or no? Yes. I'm willing, Jesus said. Be willing. Everyone won't accept the gift Jesus has to offer in you, but be willing. Look past the anger. Look past the addiction. Look past the lying. Look past the deception that blinds them. Do you know why a leper is deformed? The disease that they have doesn't cause them to be deformed. They don't just start getting deformed. A leper has no feeling they lose their nervous system, so they can't feel anything. So they can't feel if something is hot or cold. They can't feel if something is sharp or if they've injured themselves or hurt their skin. They don't even know if they've done it. They don't know if their face is too close to something to hit their nose. So they often become deformed simply because they can't tell if something is dangerous or not. And they injure themselves. Some people have lost their feeling. They, they don't even know. They don't even sense it anymore. But we're the church. We can walk up to them and say, I can help you. I can lead you. I can show you what's dangerous. I can tell you when it's hot. 
Jesus walked straight into that leper's space because he knew he was greater than leprosy. His love was greater than any shame. His power was bigger than any sores or any disease. He was not afraid to give the man what he needed. We can't be afraid because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That same Jesus lives inside of us. So in closing, what did Jesus give the leper that he needed? What did he do for the leper? Do you guys know at the end of the story? The scripture says that Jesus healed the leper, but he didn't just heal him. He did something else. He touched him. This is so significant. Jesus did not need to touch the man in order to heal him. He had healed many times by the power of his word going forth. If he said be healed, he would be healed. It was not necessary for him to touch him, so why did he? The word that was used here for touch actually meant like a squeeze or a firm touch, probably closer to an embrace. Jesus touched him because he knew the leper needed love just as much, if not more, than he needed that healing. He needed to be touched. The most important part of our go may not be the preaching in the streets. We love to shout and yell what we know and stand so strong, and that's awesome. Do that. But can you love too? Because if you can't, you are as a clanging symbol. The Bible says you're like a loud gong. You just make noise and it doesn't do anything because it's void of love. At the time of the encounter with the leper, Jesus was with his disciples and he was teaching them. This was a teachable moment. He told them they were to become fishers of men but now he was showing them how to actually do that. The world needs to see Jesus in action. Jesus cared about the leper. He wanted him to know that he felt his pain, that he sympathized with the situation. Jesus knew he needed affection. He needed to be seen again. He needed to be valued as a human being. He needed someone to see beyond what he was using to cover up and his sores and all of the disease and really see who he was. Jesus made this interaction more about a physical healing. More than just that. He touched him to show him it was personal. He wasn't there to just show the disciples the power to heal a disease. He was there to show the disciples the power to love someone who was considered unlovable. If you want to fulfill the Great Commission, if you want to be fishers of men and reach the world with the love of Jesus, then you've got to love the person. You have to. The go may not always look like a prayer walk with tracks. It may look like a meal. It may look like helping with a yard, dinner out for a family or cleaning their house. It looks like us welcoming, friending and embracing all people. 
It looks like us pushing through being uncomfortable and afraid of what we don't understand and finding out what the real needs are so we can be Jesus to those who don't know him. Kids, here's what it's gonna look like for you to fulfill the Great Commission. It means being a friend to everyone. Go means being a friend to those who look different than you or have different needs than you have. If they have trouble walking, it doesn't mean they can't play the game. It might mean you coming up with a creative way for you all to play together. If they can't hear well, maybe you can learn some signs to communicate or write something on paper to talk to them. It doesn't mean they can't talk to you. It means not thinking bad about a person because they may not be behaving very well. Remember, sometimes we act out because we're hurting inside and they might just need a little bit of extra love. Try to respond with love and kindness next time and let's see if that works. God's called us to treat people like he would treat them. This is our challenge. Go into the world, make Jesus' love public, and be willing to do it for everyone. If we don't embrace our go, we're going to miss out on relationships. We're going to miss out on miracles God wants to use us to do. Can we bow our heads and we're going to pray and then we're going to have Pastor Dania come up and lead us in communion. Thank you guys for being attentive. I know it's hard to sit still, but I love you and I appreciate you. And there's candy in my office if you want some after. Now who do you like more, me or Pastor Bob? Thank you. I thought so. All right, amen. All right, let's pray, guys. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, that... The go can be as simple as just a kind heart that's willing to go where you send us and open our mouth and be public with your love. No matter how we feel, no matter how people are treating us or responding, we're going to obey you, God. I thank you for a very loving church that wants to grow and wants to be the body of Christ here and in the world. God, anoint us to do that. Help us. Give us ideas and wisdom and just nudge us when it's the right time and help us to listen to your voice. I thank you for this awesome service and for every young person that's here and for the older God as we just all serve together. Love you and I praise you, Lord.